you're listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live. Uh, today we got Jurassic Park for you. We've never talked about a Jurassic Park movie before, and now we're going to talk about what is being billed as the last one. Is that going to be true? I mean, hard to say this early into the cycle of this, but uh, anyway... I don't even know if we got to spoilers here. There's one single part where Pierre's like, I guess this is spoilers, but this is a mostly spoiler-free episode. I would say entirely spoiler-free. Uh, also, I start the episode off with saying my like full, complete spoiler-free review of the movie. Um, I would say even if you want to skip this one and see it in theaters first, if you've made it this far... I would recommend you stay until after the intro and uh, hear the spoiler-free review because, um, well, I think it's important. Anyway, I think that is um, probably good. So here is a Jurassic Park theme. I'm going to say we're probably going to use the one from Dominion, but uh, if that one's not very good, then I'll probably use an earlier Jurassic Park theme. It doesn't really matter. This is a Jurassic Park movie, so, you know, whatever. Here it is. to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live. Uh, today we're talking about Jurassic World Dominion, and um, we want to... We've, we've got, like, a little bit of stuff planned, uh, but, Pierre, would it be okay if I start this off by saying my general thoughts about the movie just really quickly? Sure. Okay. I think as... As reviewers, because even though we're not yet getting paid for this, and I say not yet because if anyone out there has money that they want to give us and they want to sponsor this podcast, 
we will generous we will generously accept your donation. Uh, anyway, whether we're getting paid or not, as reviewers, I think we have a duty to our audience to like let them know what we think of movies, and typically we do. But in certain cases, I think we have a duty to like let people know where to put their money. And I would like to say, before we get into spoilers or anything like that, under no circumstances should you see this movie. <laughs> Do not give Universal your money to go see Jurassic Park World Dominion. I understand that I paid to see it, and therefore I am part of the problem. Please do as I say, not as I did. This movie is not worth your time. If there, if you want to see it at all, wait until it comes out and then find a way to see it for free. Do not give your money to Universal for this movie under any circumstances. Okay. That, that's fair. I've got my, that's a I've fair got my assessment. piece done. So I'm guessing you didn't like the movie. <laughs> Including, so I've seen quite a few very bad movies this year, mm. and I've even seen quite a few bad mm. movies in theaters this year. This was the worst one. I've seen Morbius. I've seen Morbius twice. This was the worst movie I've seen all year. Yeah. Um, that's fair. I can't think of any movies I didn't like as much as this. I'm trying to think, but yeah. Uh, do, do you want to go? But before we get into, I guess, let's, our thoughts, you want to go over the history of this yeah, let's, franchise? Let's move this is, back and go back to what we planned. Yeah, yeah. this is like the the sixth installment. Um, it is possibly it's the way it's been marketed and the way that it's the way it's been marketed. This is intended to be the epic conclusion of the entire Jurassic Park franchise. If it makes money, which it actually looks like it will, be, it will. This movie seems like it's actually profitable. It is not unlikely that there will be more Jurassic Park at some point down the line. Very likely not for a couple of years at least. Yeah, hopefully they take a break. Yeah. Um, or they'll, I, I mean, if they want to kill the franchise, it's, potent, it's, it's possible that if they kept making movies at a regular rate that the, the hype would die eventually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I, this is definitely, I feel like Colin Trevorrow's, or maybe he want make more. I don't know, but this is also directed by Colin Trevorrow who returned. I don't think he directed the second one. Um, I know he wrote uh, it. No, he wrote it. He did not direct. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of cool. But yeah, this is the grand conclusion where they're bringing back the legacy characters and wrapping up the the events of the first Jurassic World movie. Um, and I guess it's, I mean, Jurassic Park's kind of a weird franchise in terms of, it doesn't really feel like there's any connective tissue between any of them. Um, like, like even with a like, like terrible, we've had like, um, like if you look at a, a, a series like Little Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. The Hobbit, despite being bad movies, technically do feel connected to the tissue of The Lord of the Rings. This, yeah, and I mean, for as me for as meandering and like kind of all over the place as the Hobbit movies ended up being, if you watch them front to back, you are getting a full coherent story. 
yeah. you know, whether or not that story is great in every, in every aspect is a different discussion entirely, but like it's telling one story from beginning to end. Yeah. Whereas like, I'd say the Jurassic Park series kind of felt like each movie was its own individual thing. Um, even in the Jurassic World series where like, like technically I feel like there was supposed to be an overarching plot, overarching plot. Um, it never really found its footing, I guess. And watching this movie, I felt like it was tying loose ends to things that I never really cared about, I guess. Yeah, I think that like a the approach where uh, they there isn't necessarily an overarching story uh, fits Jurassic Park kind of like the first movie is very complete and then the second movie doesn't i mean obviously the second movie is a sequel to that but there's not the the first movie doesn't leave a lot open so the second movie doesn't have to tie it up it just has to be another story. cool story with dinosaurs mm-hmm. and i it's and kind like, of did that i like yeah. i like the i mean the first one's amazing it's one of the like the best well, I, okay, I don't love it, but it's widely seen as one of the best movies or most popular movies ever made. Um, and mm-hmm. like a huge leap forward in special effects and stuff. So it was like a big monumental event. I think it was the highest grossing movie of all time at one point. Uh, or at least I mean, it isn't anymore, but... But yeah. Um, so the first one really is like a cultural milestone. The second one I liked... Um, even though it wasn't as good as the first one, obviously. And then the third one, I don't remember. I don't think I watched that one, actually. Did you see it? I actually have only seen bits and pieces of the original Jurassic Park trilogy. Okay. Like, I've never watched a single one of them. Front, I've, oh, I've wow. watched Jurassic Park 3 mm-hmm. front to back. Oh, you watched But that was that ages one. ago. Okay, yeah. Like, I, I actually don't even remember it. But um, I've seen... I've seen little bits of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jurassic World is the only ones where I've seen every every movie front to back. Oh, perfect. Um, so what have you thought of the series so far? Did you like the first? I remember, I actually kind of liked the first one. It was cool to see The first theaters. one... I wanted to like the first one. Um, so I, I didn't love it. But like... The first one I thought had an interesting idea, or at least like it had interesting ideas and really poor execution, in my opinion, because um, thematically, it seemed like it was making fun of the entire idea of rebooting such a big franchise like Jurassic Park. Like it felt like Colin Trevorrow got the got the call to like reboot Jurassic Park and was like, oh, my God, I can't believe the studio wants to do this. Let's troll them. But then, like, by the time he wrote the screenplay, he also kind of loved it, so he took it more seriously than it should have been taken, and it just ended up kind of a mess. But all that said, like, it's a mess, but it has cool dinosaur fights, so it kind of gets a pass. Yeah, it was like an entertaining mess. Yeah, and exactly. it was cool. I th- I remember thinking it would it would have been cool to see Jurassic Park as like a fully fledged park. Um, yeah. and that was that was cool to see as well. But that's what I thought was the cool idea is at the core of it is like 
you've got in the very beginning in the first series you've got jurassic park and like he wants to open this up as like a tourist thing but it's not there yet Mm -hmm. and then in jurassic world after three movies of showing why jurassic park is a horrible idea they did it they finally opened jurassic park and it's like hey this is still a really bad idea actually (laughs) and so like I love that idea at the center of it, mm. but you know, I don't, I think the execution was not quite where it needed to be. And then fallen kingdom, I think was yeah, the, second the second one, one. that had one of the coolest trailers I've ever seen. And it oh, was really? like the most disappointing coming from the trailer into the movie that I can remember because the trailer made it seem like a dinosaur horror movie, which I have never seen before, at least not a good dinosaur horror movie. And then the actual movie was not horror, uh, had such a weird, incomprehensible plot, and was just bad, actually. Like, it wasn't even interesting in any way. And, like, it ended up being another... All of the Jurassic World movies so far have... Well, not I guess so far, but the first two are just re-escape from Jurassic Park. Let's go to a tiny enclosed area with dinosaurs, and now we got to escape from that enclosed area with dinosaurs. And to, to its credit, the enclosed area has never been smaller than in Fallen Kingdom. What was... Where were they trapped in? I don't... They, they were trapped in a house. In the mansion? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that's only Act Two. On Act in Act One, they were on an island. Yeah, I remember Act One being kind of interesting, actually. Um, but yeah, once they get into the mansion and then start <laughs> the process of selling dinosaurs for like the price you could buy a house for, it's <laughs> kind of. I remember that being really funny. Um, it's yeah. It was a little like I kind of like the approach in terms of I think it's almost kind of so corny. It's it's kind of good. But I don't, it's not like I, there was potential there for that. I don't know how much of it is. So the problems I have with Jurassic world are the kinds of problems that if they come up in most movies, I would attribute to studio interference, but I just don't think that's happening here because like in Jurassic world and Jurassic world fallen kingdom, there's like an interesting idea at the center somewhere, but then like the movie just never knows how to execute on that idea. Like dinosaur super soldiers in uh, the second movie is actually a really stupid idea, but with the right execution, it could be like, you know, every Jurassic park movie is supposed to be about hubris with the right execution. It could actually be like a really entertaining story about hubris. But, like, in Fallen Kingdom, it's it's not that. And in Jurassic World, I think it's, like, so close to being a satire of itself. But then it takes itself seriously enough to the point where it isn't in on the joke somehow. And usually that's the kind of thing where I'm like, the studio messed up. But I actually don't think that's happening here because those, those problems seem so deep-rooted in those movies that, like... They're just fundamentally a part of it in a way that they have to have been written in from the start. Yeah, it is kind of odd. The I feel like Jurassic World focused much more on the themes of rather than nature. It felt like the more the themes of uh, like anti-capitalist feeling or feels basically right. 
Because I, I would say that yeah, the first Jurassic yeah. Park wasn't necessarily against the rich. Like, I think John Hammond was kind of seen relatively favorably. Like, he wasn't this evil rich guy. He was just kind of this jolly bumbling guy, guy that was in over his head, basically. Yeah. Um, and then Jurassic World was much more like uh, paying homage to like like all these companies that are basically creating their own dinosaur, branded dinosaurs um, to attract more and more people, right? And I, th- I feel like that theme kind of was consistent throughout the three movies, but it never felt... I mean, it, it feels very ironic considering what the franchise is and like <laughs> and what it's doing. It's, it's commenting on making money off of uh, dinosaurs and science while doing the exact same thing. <laughs> Like in the well, movie, that's right? why I'm, yeah, right. that's why I'm saying that Jurassic World is so close to being a perfect satire of yeah. itself. At least the first movie, because it's like the company that it's talking about. Jurassic World is literally Universal, uh, Universal Studios, like Orlando Park. It's it's just that, but like somehow the movie didn't actually make. They didn't. They didn't write that in somehow, even though that's literally what they're making fun of. Yeah. Um, so that's unfortunate. And I feel like this, I mean, this movie was probably the worst at getting that across, I guess. Um, I, yeah. Because this, this movie has a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, do you want to get into it? <laughs> or do I, I uh, well, I, or is there anything else? We, well, we, I want to talk a little bit about Colin Trevorrow at some sure. point. Should we do that now sure. or should we get to that well, later? Well, he interesting. I remember this man was supposed to direct the last Star Wars movie. Um, he was. And he has very few credits to his name. Um, but I heard he got the job because Spielberg saw one of his movies, early movies, and said, he directs, he reminds me of myself. Hire him. Um. That's really weird. The safety not guaranteed is not good enough. Like it's not, it's not as good as an early Spielberg by any stretch. Yeah, well, I mean Spielberg's getting kind of old, so maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe he, or maybe maybe it may it reminded himself like some of the reminded himself of himself, but not necessarily like at the same well, quality. I don't know. I mean, I, I also have to say the way that I watch movies is definitely not the same way as Spielberg watches movies. If Spielberg saw something in Colin Trevorrow, I'm going to believe what Spielberg saw. Yeah. I don't see that same thing. I mean, it's possible. Like, it's possible Trevorrow would have had a, a better time directing if he had a more natural setup, right? But going from his directorial debut, which cost him $700,000 to Jurassic World, um, which had a budget of $150 million. Like, That's a really big jump. Well, did you say 700000 or seven? Okay, okay, you did. I thought, I didn't hear the thousand. I thought you said $750. Oh. So I was like, yeah, that is a hell <laughs> of a jump. Quite, yeah, that would be really impressive. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's quite the leap, so maybe he could have had more potential if he wasn't just thrust into the the studio system. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what. What are your thoughts on his rise in general? I think it's super weird. I've seen, I've seen almost all of his movies. Like I've seen almost everything he's been involved with. I have not seen the Book of Henry. 
which I've heard is legendarily bad, actually. Um, but I've seen everything else that he's that he's worked on uh, since Safety Not Guaranteed. And I think it's really strange for him to go from Safety Not Guaranteed straight to Jurassic World. But I remember that even though I didn't like Jurassic World, I was very excited for him being announced to be one of the writers for the Star Wars sequel trilogy when that started off. Because what I saw in Jurassic World was exactly that. Like, there's potential there. I think it's so close to being, like, a a perfect auto-satire. And, like, I thought if he can... You know what? He didn't nail it the first time. I'm not convinced that he absolutely will again the second time. But if anyone's going to do it, like he's at least an interesting director to put in charge of Rise of Skywalker. And he got fired before they could, he could do anything, which I don't think that was for the best because he got replaced with J.J. Abrams, who made probably my two least favorite Star Wars movies. Uh, with Rise of Skywalker probably being my least favorite. Um, I think that it would have been very difficult for Colin Trevorrow to make a movie, a Star Wars movie that I like less than Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. But I don't think his movie would have been good based on the script that I have heard circulating around. That's what's crazy is that how, how bad was his script to have been rejected multiple times? By Kathleen Kennedy. But that's also the thing. And then we got this. Like But that's also the thing, too, is like no no shade to Kathleen Kennedy, but the entire sequel trilogy from the start, it's it's pretty clear. And like I would be the a hundred millionth person to say it. Like, they didn't have a plan going into that sequel trilogy. And like so that's the thing when I'm when I'm thinking about how bad was his script, I don't even necessarily think it was bad. I think Kathleen Kennedy and whoever else she was working with, like had something in their mind of we want Star Wars to be this. And they didn't want to take and they didn't want to take risks for the most part. And if and like, I don't know if Colin Trevorrow's script was risky or if I'm giving it too much credit there, but anything but like scripts scripts for Star Wars movies were going to get turned down even if they weren't necessarily, like, even if they weren't necessarily bad. There's a lot of reasons that I think Star Wars scripts oh, got turned, would have too, gotten yeah. turned down. Um, like, like not enough fan service and stuff. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's unfortunate. And also, have you seen his script? No, I think I've read, a, I think I read a couple leaks. It, it doesn't sound great. But it does sound better than what we got, or at least more interesting. So, yeah, that's the thing. Is I don't. Th- I think it definitely needs a couple more passes. But it's like it's very weird for a Star Wars for a Star Wars movie, and like I don't know if that's in a good way or a bad way. But that's also what I personally always think Star Wars is missing: is like any risk basically. And that script would have been risky as hell. Like, I don't know that people would have liked it very much. And in fact, you know, not everybody who's read it does actually like it, but it is very weird. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, now I really want to reread the the. I need to read the script, or at least the leak. That would be interesting. Um, I I have a um. I can send you a video that uh, summarizes oh, okay. it really really well. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know what? Why don't I? I mean, Jenny Nicholson does not need a shout out from us, but I'm gonna shout her out anyway. And if she's listening to this, please come on our show. Um, yeah, please come. Je- Jenny Nicholson did the video. Oh, okay, yeah. Please come on our show. <laughs> um, wait, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So the his career is in a weird spot because I feel like they, they were retaining him for this series. Um, I wonder if he's actually going to be given stuff to do in the future after this movie. It's, yeah, he's... I think I think you're spot on there with his career is in a good spot because the Jurassic World series so far has not been well received by critics. However, every single one of the movies has been profitable. So it's like clearly he's a director that if nothing else can make you money at least a little bit. So it's like you know, he's in a better spot than if any of his movies had bombed or at least any of his big studio movies. But what are the projects that he's going to be brought in for is more the question, I think. Yeah, well, we'll see if if there's any. I, I feel like he does. Ha- he did have a talent for reviving. I like. I understand why they hired him for episode nine was he seems to have a good eye for nostalgia um, in some places. I mean, we'll talk about it. I think he actually really through the ball on this movie but um it's also to be fair i think it's really tough to be able to find more because he wrote the script too um it's really tough to write this many movies on the exact same premise <laughs> like over and over again and that's what the studio wants too so like mm-hmm. you know um but yeah uh did you want to talk about the movie now sure, sure. let's talk about okay the movie. what did you well you don't like this movie <laughs> I, I hate yeah, this movie okay. a lot. Uh, why? So, um, okay, so like I've said, I haven't actually watched the first Jurassic Park trilogy. I've, like, seen bits and pieces here and there, and I'm pretty sure I've watched the entirety of at least one of the movies before. Like, but I so long ago that I do not remember. And actually... I all I all I remember for sure is at one point I watched one of them all the way through at someone else's house, which I believe was two, but it could have been three. But that was when I was like very small. And then I know that I went to three and to see three in theaters, but I actually don't know if we got to finish it in theaters because the projector was messing up and we actually like 20 minutes into the movie, the projector just failed and they had to restart it. And I actually don't remember if we stuck around for the whole time. So uh, my experience with the first three Jurassic Park movies is basically non-existent. The reason I specifically mention that as we're talking about Dominion is because this movie starts kind of where the last one left off, but not really. Because the last movie leaves off with dinosaurs or like they get out into the world now or whatever. And there's a little bit of narration like, can we coexist with dinosaurs? They're everywhere now. We can't stop them. They can't be stopped. Not only did life find a way, but life can no longer be stopped. It's wild. So, like, that's where we start. That's where we end in the last movie. In this movie, they start with a narration that's like, 
dinosaurs were everywhere, but then they started dying out, and now they're everywhere again, or something. I don't, I didn't fully, I don't fully remember the narration. It was a lot to take in, but as soon as that narration's over, they introduce the three main characters from the first trilogy, which is great if you want to see those three main characters. Well, not even I the, do not the first trilogy, like Laura Dern and. Sam Neill were only in the first movie, I'm pretty sure. Maybe Sorry, Sam Neill was brought back in the third one, actually. The, 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 the three main characters from the first movie, which is great if you, like, love the first movie, as many people do. So that's cool. Uh, for me, I was very confused because they're introduced with very little... Like, we get a, we get a very quick, like, talk about who they are. Laura Dern is a biologist, and she's a bug expert now, which apparently is not the case in the first movie. Sam Neill is doing some paleontology, archaeology, some cool stuff. He's a dinosaur guy, and he does digs. And uh, Jeff Goldblum is, I guess, a scientist for hire. They don't actually say exactly what he does, or at least I didn't catch it, but it's not important because he's the scientist that works with the company. And, like... That's pretty much all the intro we get before they're coming together and they're like, something's rotten in this company and we got we to gotta figure out, um, we got to bring down the company Biosyn, which is responsible for dinosaurs, I guess. It's a little confusing. I'm, I'm sort of like flying through everything here, but this is actually my impression of how it felt like trying to understand this movie at the, first, at the start. So anyway... They have all these three people get together and start plotting against a big company, which is the company that does dinosaur things. And what exactly they do isn't super important. They're the company that does dinosaur things, and they have a dinosaur reserve somewhere out in the Italian mountains. So all three of our main characters from Jurassic Park end up in for legally in legally distinct Jurassic Park over in Italy in a tiny little reserve uh, and they have to bring down the, uh, the head of the company who's about to become a victim of his own hubris or something. It's a rehash of the first movie, but like with characters that have not been in this series yet. So the whole time I'm thinking, isn't this a series about Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard and Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt are introduced uh, as two people in like the backwoods somewhere you know, a happy couple, which is not at all what their characters have been throughout this entire trilogy, but sure, whatever. They're a happy couple living with an adopted daughter. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's nephews are nowhere to be seen. Um, it's just the two of them with an adopted daughter who is a clone, I guess. And in order to... And then their daughter gets kidnapped, so they have to go to a secluded dinosaur reserve in the Italian mountains. And look, now we've got everyone together. And the whole point is to escape Jurassic Park, I guess. Yeah, I was never really... Well, I think a, a, one of the big problems in this movie... I mean, there were many problems. One of the biggest ones was establishing the world we were in. I wasn't... It was weird because we saw animals sort of out and around, but or dinosaurs out and around, but also like not really... Like, I thought after Fallen Kingdom that the point of this movie would be like, oh, dinosaurs are are amongst us. What is gonna What are gonna be the effects of of what happened? Right, and 
and that's we were just kind of given a random like like why why is this the, why is the final part of this trilogy some random plot about locusts like genetically mutated locusts killing everything i forgot okay uh i forgot to um mention the reason that they all the reason that the first three scientists end up on this Jurassic Park, on legally distinct Jurassic Park, is there are locusts ravaging the Midwest, and those locusts and locusts of this size haven't been seen since dinosaurs walked the earth. Therefore, they go to the dinosaur place to figure out what's going on with locusts. It is the most contrived thing you could think of for a Jurassic Park movie. Yeah, it was just like... why is, does this... I mean, obviously it matters, but, like, why is this movie about dinosaurs just not about dinosaurs anymore? Um, yeah. It, especially when, like I said, at the very end of Fallen Kingdom, the last part of Fallen Kingdom, there's, like, a montage at the end of dinosaurs living among us, basically. Dinosaurs running through the desert, swimming through the oceans, flying around in New York City, and we get a similar, if not maybe even exactly the same montage at the beginning of this movie. So it's like, shouldn't the point be to explore what happens if there's dinosaurs all over the world? Yeah. like I thought, Why are we going, why, why locusts? Wasn't, I thought that's what this series was building towards. But yeah, it didn't feel like, and especially because like the characters didn't really act any different considering the the dinosaurs were normal. Like, you would have expected like Sam Neill's character, who's like, like, why is he still digging for bones? Like these things, yeah, exactly. these things are literally walking around, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna discover more about these extinct. You just go shoot a dinosaur. It's like that was really weird, and like, why? I don't know. And then like also the like bio, what was what was the name of the company? Biosis. Um, Bi- I think the evil so. company. For some reason, they have like their own Jurassic reserve. Of dinosaurs that that are biosyn biosyn um that are like obstacles in the plot but then like they're just kind of there like for some reason they're kind of like guarding the facility the science facility that that made the locusts but like why are they there and like but this also has nothing to do with the uh little bit at the end in act two of fallen kingdom where they're trying to sell dinosaurs as weapons yeah. That part comes back kind of, at least it's referenced, but that is not why they have dinosaurs fo- uh, guarding the facility. No. In fact, the dinosaurs aren't even intentionally guarding the facility. They're just there. They're just there. <laughs> yeah. The they we do there's a sequence where the main characters are chased by I don't think they were raptors, but they were just they were dinosaurs that they were the dinosaurs from the first movie where if you pointed a laser at someone, they would endlessly hunt that target. Um, which was a kind of a meme, like it was kind of made fun of in the second movie and it looks equally ridiculous here. Like in the time she could take to just shoot someone, she just shoots a laser at them so the Raptors can chase them. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like just shoot them. Like anyway, so that, that stuff was weird, but I actually really like that chasing. Um, that was probably the, the best part of the movie, if that makes sense. Um, but that was, I thought that was cool because we saw like, it was actually kind of creative. It was like a car, it was a car chase through a city, but with raptors, which is kind of what I wanted to see more of in this movie with the whole dinosaurs living among us thing. 
Um, but yeah, and then that that was like kind of the highlight. And then it gets back to the boring stuff where they're back into another discount Jurassic Park. Um, yeah, and also the what did you think about? I mean, for you didn't care about the nostalgia stuff because you haven't really seen the first movies, right? But like, what did you think of the legacy characters returning? I mean, I thought they all did. I thought that they all like. I enjoyed seeing them and I thought they all turned in like, you know, sometimes you see performances by actors and it's like, they don't want to be there. They clearly don't want to be there, but like not in this case, I thought Sam Neill, Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum all did seem like they wanted to be there. If anyone was like exhausted to be there, it was Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard for some reason. (laughs) Like, I think that the performances were good. I thought that the writing for the legacy characters was really bad but like, that's that's fine. Like, they at least were having fun with it. I thought Jeff Goldblum was fun. Uh, Laura Dern clearly enjoyed playing that character mm-hmm. this time. I mean, I'm sure she enjoyed it before too. But like, she definitely enjoyed coming back. Sam Neill didn't actually get that much to do, but like, he was happy. He was smiling. He was all right. I thought they were played well. I I, I did feel a little disappointed in terms of like the chemistry. I but also like. Like, it felt like this was supposed to be, like, a huge moment, them meeting up together. It didn't really feel like... I was just like, oh, okay, like... like so, these aren't, Jeff Goldblum's... Oh, go, go well, I was just going to say, these aren't, like, hugely beloved characters on the scale of, like... Like, off the top of my head, I'm just thinking of, like, Luke, Khan, and Leia, right? Yeah. Um, I, like, no one... When people talk about Jurassic Park, no one's, like, gushing about, like, Sam Neill in the role or Laura Dern. So seeing them together mm-hmm. was just kind of like, oh, it's kind of cool that they're talking um i never yeah. really felt like this was like a huge moment between them or anything yeah which actually like i think that may have helped uh some of their scenes a little bit i still think the writing was super weak but like it makes it a lot i don't know if this makes sense it makes it a lot easier to like make a scene where laura dern just like comes to sam neil and is like hey, I think I need your help specifically. It's like that scene doesn't feel, doesn't have to be like, okay, I'm, here's what I'm trying to say. In like a Marvel movie, for example, the scene where all the heroes meet up, there's like a big poster shot. It's like, yeah. bam, look at this. Everybody stands up in the theater. Everyone's cheering. You're not getting that scene in Jurassic in the Jurassic World. And like, that scene, that kind of like big poster scene where everyone gets together and it's a big moment is actually kind of immersion breaking if it's in if it's in the wrong movie and this would have been the wrong movie. So like a little scene where Laura Dern is like, Sam Neill, hey, anyway, I need your help. Like that actually works mm. because these aren't characters on the scale of like Han, Leia, Captain America, Iron Man. That's true. It, it is. I guess it is kind of to its benefit that it's more self-aware about it. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say as well, my favorite part of Fallen Kingdom was Ian Malcolm's um, Ian Malcolm testifying before Congress because it's just like used as a framing device throughout the whole movie, mm-hmm. and I think it's like. First off, I think that's like the only good, the only really well-written part of that movie. And it's super cool. Like, I really, really enjoyed that part of the movie. And while this didn't feel like the best possible progression for his character, 
it did make sense and it felt like a logical progression for his character that I thought was like, I, I thought that was cool. I thought he was actually, of the people in this movie, he may have been the best written. Uh, I still don't think he was perfect, but like they at least didn't do Jeff Goldblum as dirty as they could have, as they did some of the other characters. That's fair. There was some really poorly, I mean, like I actually, I've never really liked Chris Pratt in this this series, um, except for like, the, well, I, okay, I didn't mind him in the first one, but in the first one, he made sense being there. Yeah, in these ones, he's just sort of like along for the ride. Yeah, same thing with Bryce. I, I don't really like Bryce Dallas Howard to be honest, and she has zero chemistry yeah. with Chris Pratt, especially in this one. In the first one, I kind of saw it, but yeah, it's also really weird how. Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are the main characters of this series. Yeah. Like of this Jurassic World series. And in every single movie, they have to ultra contrive reasons to get them together. (laughs) It's like, how is it that the main characters of this series do not have a really good connective plot that keeps them like going through the series because in every single movie like in the first movie bryce dallas howard works at jurassic world chris pratt also works at jurassic world they end up coming together through events that more or less make sense and then in the second movie bryce dallas howard is an eco-terrorist chris pratt is some guy how do they end up together through a series through some weird rube goldberg machine (laughs) in this movie uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is an eco-terrorist, but she's in a different eco-terrorism group now. Chris Pratt is some guy. How do they end up together? Well, they're still together after the events of the last movie, but like some now we have to contrive a reason for them to go to Italy, which, I mean, they kidnapped their daughter to Italy, so I guess they figured it out, yeah. but like they don't actually need to be in this movie. Yeah. This movie is almost entirely just those three legacy characters. And like, it would, it would actually be better if you cut out Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard entirely from this movie. They have nothing to do and they have no reason to be here. Yeah. I, I thought the whole daughter saving plot felt very, I feel like I've seen it too many, especially, I don't know if anyone's watching Kenobi right now. This is kind of a spoiler, but that, that is the entire plot of that show too. Um, not great timing, but anyways, the, the, I haven't watched episode four yet, but episode three was, was very disappointing. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so yeah, the, that, that whole plot was really boring. Um, I still don't really understand why the daughter, the daughter was just important because like, she's a, like her, I thought she was just a clone. Like, I didn't understand why her genes were so special. Um, in Fallen Kingdom, in Fallen Kingdom, she was a clone of John Hammond's daughter. Yeah. In this movie, it was revealed that John Hammond's daughter didn't actually die. She lived a big. She lived a life that like involved her getting a PhD. So I don't know how no one knew that in the last movie, but like. Uh, she was actually this clone was born while John Hammond's daughter was still alive. She was born without the the main point is that she was born without a father. So she represents 
like a contrived human version of the same um, asexual reproduction that the dinosaurs have in the first movie, which means that if they can study her DNA, they can do weird, cool things with human DNA. But also she, uh, her mother had a genetic disease which she did not have. So her genes were interesting for that reason too. And uh, that genetic disease, the way that her genes were modified to cure that genetic disease that her mother had had is also the way that they needed to modify the genes of the locusts to kill all the locusts. I can't swear to it, but that's, I'm pretty sure that's 80% right. That's what I got from it. It just felt really pointless to me. It's contrived as hell. Yeah. Like there's, and then they can come up with simpler plots, why did they come, especially when the plot was escape the dinosaur facility. Like the company didn't want to kill the locusts. I don't know. It was very confusing. No, the guy who ha- who was in charge of Jurassic World in the first movie wanted to kill the locusts, and the reason for that was narratively because he needed a redemption arc, but his personal character. He wanted a Nobel Prize or something. Like he thought it would be really, really cool, and people would think he was a cool guy but, if he. But did then he that. also created them. That's like what's stupid. And then we're supposed yeah. to be like sympathetic for him because he's the only. He's also like a legacy character from the first movie, technically. And it's like, why? No, he's an asshole. What? He's supposed to be the. I thought he was going to be the over like the the villain of like the series. Um, but they just got. I three, don't think he was even in the second one. No, they just got three different rich guys. Um. For this the rich guy in this was very weird too i he was such an odd villain um because he he was both really smart but also really stupid the whole time um also did you recognize like <laughs> did you recognize who that was yeah it was peter's dad from the amazing spider-man that's all i know him up from <laughs> i think it was yeah. something else i'm just i think he was maybe a journalist or something in a movie i can't remember i feel like he's always <laughs> chewing gum too i don't know why in all of his roles, it always feels else? like he's chewing gum. Um, oh no, it was House uh, of Cards. That's where I know him from. Uh, also, I actually he like is apparently he is a character from the first movie, but they didn't get the guy from the first movie back, so I don't know why they used technically the same character. Oh, okay, I didn't even because like this guy is functionally a new character. Yeah, I am. I'm just reading on the Wikipedia oh, okay. that apparently. He is actually a character from the first movie, but a different maybe. Actor. Maybe it was like, like a hologram or something, and then they got a real oh. guy. Okay, so I'm not sure why they used the same character, but I know why they used the same actor. Because if you look on Wikipedia under the name of the actor, it says that he is... It doesn't even say that he's an actor first. It starts off with... I'm just going to ignore the name here. It's, um, it starts off with, is an American convicted sex offender and actor. Oh. So it's like, why not just write a new character? Because oh, this is functionally a new character well, anyway. Okay. I couldn't tell either way. Um, but yeah, he was a very odd character. I, I just, I wish he was smarter or more menacing or anything, but he just felt kind of stupid the whole time. Um, who else was there? Oh, that whole, that, that girl that they meet in Malta that flies them to Italy or whatever. She was the weirdest. It was just so weird having a bunch of these characters from all the other movies. And then this one chick 
who was just kind of there because she felt bad or something, even though she's introduced as someone that wouldn't care about anything and like a criminal, you know, Um, but she was brought in as like almost like a Han Solo type character that had nothing to do with the movie. Oh, right. That was, it was really weird. It felt like, I feel like it felt like they realized they had all the main characters were white and they wanted like someone, one person of color in the movie. So they, they brought in someone who had nothing to do with the plot just to make themselves feel better. But like this movie's so bloated with characters that don't do anything. Well, yeah, there's like technically like six or seven main characters with like very similar amounts of screen time. Like, no, there, I can't think of a star of this movie. They all have about the same screen time. The only characters this movie actually needs to have are Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and the guy who plays the bad guy. That's literally all the people that do anything in this movie. Yeah, I think that would have been nice. The movie was way too long, too, because of that. It's two and a half and hours. Like, I sat... It took me 15 minutes to start reconsidering my life choices. I'm sorry. (laughs) I picked this movie. It's my fault. Um, It's okay. I forgive you. Yeah, I don't. I got a really, really funny review out of it that I'll link when when this episode goes up. Yeah, I don't even know what else. Like, I'm just tired of dinosaurs now. I I mean, I think I was tired of Fallen Kingdom, but I actually remember so many parts of this movie. I was just like, I don't care about the dinosaurs anymore. Like. Because so many of these scenes and shots are just like, like just feel like they're there to serve the idea of dinosaurs chasing people and not like have anything to do with the plot. Like that last, I feel like this is a spoiler, but there was literally a scene where we see the end of a fight between a T-Rex and another big dinosaur and the main characters aren't even there. Like they aren't in danger. (laughs) Nothing's affecting them because they're there for each other. And the main characters literally say it too. They're like, we're okay. They're here to fight each other. And then they just kind of leave while they're fighting. And then they, the, the camera still watches them fight for like another two minutes. Um, for no reason. Like, it's like no one cares about the T-Rex anymore. <laughs> like, it's not a big <laughs> deal. It's, this isn't, this isn't, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was lame. I think... So, like, I'm, I'm shouting out every single other person, apparently, on this podcast today. But uh, I was listening to CBC earlier today, and they had in their movie guy to talk about Jurassic World. And I think he stopped just short of saying whether he thought the movie was good or bad. But, like, his main point was that the last couple of Jurassic, like, most of the Jurassic Park movies are just the same story of we're in a small enclosed area and there's dinosaurs. And he's like, do something interesting. Do a buddy cop movie in a, where there's dinosaurs in the world. Do like, I don't know, a romantic comedy and there's some dinosaurs in the world. And like, I don't know if those were, if those specifically are fantastic ideas, but like this movie is the sixth time that they've done the exact same plot in the same franchise. And, like, just do anything interesting. If there's going to be more Jurassic Park, then, like, literally anything else. Give me, like, something worth watching, actually. Yeah. I I, I want more of this, this dinosaurs chasing cars thing. I think that'd be fun. Something like that. 
Or the movie, I, I always wanted to see that movie of the dinosaurs living with amongst people. I think that would have been really fun. And well, we're I never mean, gonna I don't get know that. if you remember this. I don't know if you remember this, but when the, when Pixar's movie The Good Dinosaur was official was originally announced, the concept was that the meteor that like hit the dinosaurs never did. So like dinosaurs just continued to live amongst people and eventually like and it was gonna be like a movie set in the dinosaur suburbs with uh Oh God! What's the guy's name? The guy who played Barney's dad on How I Met Your Mother. Um, I can't remember his name, but like John Lithgow, it was gonna have John Lithgow as like a dinosaur dad who just like goes to work every day and he comes back and it was gonna be like he's he'd be disillusioned the same way Mister Incredible is and he'd have to learn and like his dinosaur like he they all have to learn to live amongst the humans because well there's also humans in the world but it's just like a regular like. It was going to be like a weird little sitcom with dinosaurs. And I was like, yes, this is my most anticipated (laughs) Pixar project. And then the movie actually came out and I'm like, well, it's not completely unredeemable, but it is not what was advertised. That's unfortunate. That sounds way more interesting. I didn't really like The Good Dinosaur, so that that could have been an interesting experience. By the time that The Good Dinosaur actually came out, the script had been completely thrown out at least once. I think more than that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a mess of a movie. What is it? Yeah, what is it with dinosaur movies lately <laughs> being a mess? My God. I mean, we have alien movies that are cool. Like, we have alien movies that are interesting. We have, like, Onward came out, and, like, Onward wasn't perfect, but it was like kind of interesting imagining like you know uh a high fantasy world but also it's just like i don't know boston or wherever and like well i guess that's bright specifically but like how come we have you know how come we have movies where you've got elves and humans living in the same spot and we've got uh, movies where we've got aliens and humans living around, living in the same area, and just having to like learn to get along, and we don't have that with dinosaurs. It, I, I'm not going to say it sounds easy, but it sounds so natural that someone would write that, and like somehow it's never been. I'm sure people have written that, and somehow it's just never made it to the big screen. Like, yeah, well, maybe they're saving the it until people are like completely tired of these movies, and then that's like their ace. Do studios think that the only thing I want to see is dinosaurs fighting? I won't say I don't want to see that. I do. Anytime you can give me cool dinosaurs fighting each other, I will turn up for that movie. Yes. Cool dinosaurs. I'm I'm also interested in seeing like dinosaurs doing other things than just fighting each other. Like, I don't know. I mean, buddy cop movie where instead of a canine unit, he's got a KT Rex unit. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Ooh, or like a mecha. Yeah, mecha, mecha T Rex. Yeah. Well, anyways, I'm pretty done with dinosaurs, honestly. And yeah, I won't be watching another one of these movies. I I can't even. I don't think I can watch the original Jurassic Park anymore. I gotta rewatch the original Jurassic Park. Mm. Well, not even rewatch. I have to f- actually fully actually, watch yeah, the original yeah. Jurassic Park. It's good. I think it holds up really well. I mean, a lot of people say that's not an uncommon uh, opinion. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, do, do you want to rate this movie? God, 
Jurassic really. Park. I mean, Jurassic one movie. one out of ten. Yeah, I'd say probably a two out of ten. One point for that that dinosaur chasing. I thought that was fun. Um, Hell yeah! Yeah, it was really. Oh, was, I did actually hear. I did actually hear that when Colin Trevorrow was talking to the visual effects artists, uh, the dinosaur fight scene you mentioned, where it's like a T Rex versus a different, bigger T Rex or whatever. Yeah. The thing that the T Rex is fighting. He told the visual effects artists to make it look like it had makeup on that was like running off, like it was the Joker. <laughs> and I'm like, why would you say that? Why would you say that to an actual interviewer? <laughs> if that's an actual thing that you told your visual effects artists to do, just keep it to yourself. Oh, there's a there, there's a Joker sequel coming too. Sorry, I just, oh, oh yeah, I, that, I thought that was interesting. Joker 2, Citizens on Patrol. <laughs> what is that? Is that like a reference to another movie? I, I've i just been seeing... I don't know what exactly it's a reference oh. to, but uh, one another YouTuber that I'm going to shout out now, uh, Patrick Willems, there's a meme where he's got like something, something, two, and instead of Electric Boogaloo, it's just Citizens on Patrol. Yeah. And like... I don't even remember what it is. It's something very silly and then citizens on patrol. And so I've seen a lot of memes recently that are just like, uh, whatever movie two citizens on patrol. (laughs) I hope it's actually called. Anyway. Um, Um, so what movie are we doing next? I think Lightyear is coming out this week, right? Lightyear is coming out this week. And Nope as well. No, Nope is, is at least a month off. July. Okay. Yeah, um, but we actually, yeah, we'll definitely do Lightyear. That'll probably be next when you're hearing this. There's a small chance there might be something before that, depending on like the airing order. I got to talk to you off air, Pierre. But we'll be back for Lightyear for sure. Very cool. Uh, Pierre, what's the last word? Dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs>